the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Now, I said early on that we have a court victory for the victims of uh, Dr. Richard Strauss, the uh, Ohio State doctor who uh, sexually abused uh, numerous male athletes uh, during a terrible reign at the university, late 70s, 80s. And I was there then. Uh, This is a much different time. Uh, Right now, you know, everybody's looking always for any kind of abuse. We uh, call things abuse that aren't. Uh, Words are not violence. Words may be mean. They may be ill-intentioned. They're not violence, okay? But what Richard Strauss did to men who came in because they were told to go in for physicals, for their sport, or because he was at the student health center, that was violent. That was awful. And uh, Ohio State had hoped that it had settled all the cases that it was going to need to settle because it made the argument in court that the statute of limitations— on Dr. Strauss's abuse had expired. If you hadn't filed your claim by now, then you weren't entitled to any claim. But an appeals court, a U.S. District Court, rather, for the Southern District of Ohio, uh, says no, Ohio State is wrong. And that those who had unsettled cases as of September of last year hundreds of such cases, uh, can proceed with damage claims against the university. The plaintiffs had argued that the clock did not start on the statute of limitations for them until they became aware that they had been abused. And Ohio State essentially acknowledged, and this whole thing started to come to a head around 2018 when some athletes came forward and other Men, adult men by now, were like, wait a minute, that happened to me too. Like, that happened to me too. And I now can make some sense of some of the psychological issues that I've had since then. A lot of the things that these brave men who came forward are saying apply to me. And I now realize that I was damaged too by this same predator. So I thought, and I've said all along, that I thought it was fair for Ohio State to be as accommodating as possible in paying these men for the horrific harm that was done to them. But Ohio State, well, they tried to cut corners on this. They tried to victimize these men all over again in the guise of saving money. Stephen Snyder Hill is one of the athletes. He said... I can guarantee you, I know if another Richard Strauss was there today, how OSU would act. They successfully covered it up, silenced us, lied to the court, lied to the public. 
broke public record laws, and waged a war on survivors, all while calling us brave. Today was a good day, but this has been a five-year fight. Yeah, they have, at Ohio State, publicly been very sympathetic toward these survivors. But privately, they've done everything they can do to quiet this down and to get it out of the news and to stop paying. The 230-page investigative report that Ohio State commissioned on Strauss's crimes. So this is Ohio State's own investigation. Okay, They financed the investigation by a third-party firm. The investigation concluded that Ohio State officials should have known of Strauss's crimes as early as 1979 but covered it up until 1996. That's 17 years that he was allowed to continue to abuse men. 17 years. And so I think this is a just ruling. And the one thing I know about Ohio State, and the one thing you know about Ohio State, if you drive around that campus at all, is that they are never going to run out of money. They always have the money. They always find the money. Rare is it that I don't venture onto that campus months apart and go, wow, what are they building here? Wow, where did that building come from? Holy cow, this didn't used to be here. They always, always, always have the money. And so it's not a pity that they can't build one more Taj Mahal facility to whatever initiative they want to celebrate. If the men who were horribly harmed by this evil doctor can get a little bit of financial compensation, I'm all for it. Now, I see a parallel between this story and the furor in the news currently about Governor Ron DeSantis and Governor Greg Abbott, Abbott of Texas, DeSantis of Florida, flying migrants into cities led by Democrats. Because, of course, Ohio State is led by leftists. They are all about diversity, equity, and inclusion to the tunes of how many millions of dollars do they spend on how many hundreds of DEI employees, all of whom do nothing but suck money out of the pocketbook of the Ohio taxpayer. But Ohio State is like, oh, we're so sympathetic to the Strauss survivors. Oh, we love the Strauss survivors. Oh, they just, a horrible thing was done to the Strauss survivors. Meanwhile, Judge, uh, please, I mean, come on. How long are we on the hook for these these people? Like, I mean, come on. We've paid enough, like enough already. Keep that quiet. Likewise, uh, here is a sign that is posted Uh, in a public area in uh, Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, uh, where Governor uh, Governor Ron DeSantis flew 50 migrants yesterday, 50, 50 migrants into Martha's Vineyard. Now, Martha's Vineyard is uh, where the elite rich people go to summer. Spike Lee, Barack Obama, uh, Amy Schumer, Uh, All kinds of uh, James Taylor, Fire and Rain Man. I used to like James Taylor. Now that I know he sings for Joe Biden, I have nothing to do with James Taylor anymore. Don't you have a place there? 
I don't have a place there. It's about $9 million over my household budget. Okay. Yeah. So here's the sign uh, posted on the island of Martha's Vineyard. We respect women. Women is in all bold. We value black lives. We stand with our LGBTQ community members. We stand with immigrants, with refugees, with indigenous peoples, and with people of all faiths. We stand with our community. All are welcome here. Hate has no business here. That sign is posted at Martha's Vineyard. Well, then they should be leaping cartwheels for joy that they have 50 migrants and the opportunity to put their uh, love, tolerance, diversity, equity, inclusion into practice. But instead... Uh, what are the most difficult challenges? The difficult challenges are... Uh, we have, at some point in time, they have to move somewhere else, right? We, we cannot, we don't have the services to take care of 50 immigrants, um, and we, we certainly don't have housing. We're in a housing crisis as we are on this island, and so we, we don't, we can't house everyone here that lives here and works here. We don't have housing for 50 more people. They can't accommodate them, this Martha's Vineyard resident says. They don't have enough housing. For all the people who live on the island. Now, would I be uh, would I be asking a strange question if I said, is every bedroom in all those multi-bedroom, multi-bathroom mansions occupied? Like, if you're going to put a sign out there that says, we stand with immigrants, with refugees, with indigenous peoples, and with people of all faiths, we stand with our community, all are welcome here, hate has no business here. Nobody on Martha's Vineyard in the summertime has a spare bedroom. Barack and Michelle don't have a spare bedroom in their $9 million oceanfront mansion. I mean, Sasha and Malia, like, give them their own room. Okay, I'd make them double up if I had migrants outside my house. But uh, no, apparently not. So the Martha's Vineyard resident, they don't have the infrastructure at Martha's Vineyard. Uh, But of course... Del Rio, Texas, and Brownsville, Texas, are known for their robust infrastructure. <laughs> I mean, that's the first thing you think of when you hear Brownsville, Texas, don't you think? Wow, what infrastructure. Holy smokes. And Del Rio, never seen anything like it. Speaking of pro-police causes... Uh, State Representative Kyle Kohler of Springfield has introduced legislation in the Ohio General Assembly to honor Clark County Deputy Matthew Yates. Deputy Yates very tragically died uh, in July when he went to a mobile home and tried to rescue uh, a female who was inside who he believed to be in peril. Uh, He went in, he tried to force his way in, uh, he was met with gunfire and was killed. 15-year veteran, Clark County Sheriff's Office. Uh, Amazing, amazing servant. Uh, Kyle Kohler says Deputy Yates dedicated his life to the city and citizens of Springfield, and he paid the ultimate price to protect his community. The outpouring of support from our community has been confirmation of the impact that he made. So I certainly wish him well in that. An update on Richmond, Indiana Deputy Sierra Burton, who was... uh, shot by a man on a moped. 
She and her canine officer responded when the man on the moped was stopped by Richmond police. I don't know why they didn't. I don't know why they didn't pat this guy down. How he had a weapon on him when she arrived, I have no idea. But the drug sniffing dog sniffed drugs on his moped on him somewhere. He panicked. He pulled out a gun. He shot, hit her in the head, and she was at Miami Valley Hospital in Dayton until September 1st, at which time she was disconnected from life support and was sent back in hospice to Richmond. It was believed that she would die shortly after, if not, in fact, en route to Richmond. But she has not died yet. In fact, she has begun breathing on her own. Her family holds out hope for an amazing miracle, which it would unquestionably be. Uh, Her grandmother, Jackie Burton, I just want to share with you a little bit of what her grandmother says about this very brave officer. And I know we have this situation here in Columbus with Donovan Lewis. None of these things are standalone cases in my mind. Every story about an officer like Matthew Yates, an officer like Sierra Burton, is in the mind of an officer who shows up to serve a warrant or to arrest you for speeding. They don't know what your reaction is going to be. And every quick move, harsh move, uncooperative move, which was unquestionably the case with Donovan Lewis, advances an interaction between an officer and the person he's interacting with down a dangerous road. And then when the worst thing happens, then the family members come out and all of a sudden, nobody can no, nobody can become a saint until they die, right? So Donovan Lewis, who hit his pregnant girlfriend, who hit his mom, who had an arrest warrant for felony mishandling of a firearm. He's a totally different person now that he died at the hand of a police shooting. If you listen to his attorney and to his family, I understand the family's view. The attorney is just a low-life scumbag who is ratcheting up rancor in our community unnecessarily. You can represent your client with honor, with dignity, without stoking more anger in the community, bringing about more results that you purport to be against. Rex Elliott. So back to Sierra Burton's grandmother. I really just want people to understand that even though she is an officer and very proud of being one, she's just another human being too. She said her granddaughter started her career at the Wayne County, Indiana jail, went through police academy, was hired by the Richmond Police Department, and had been at her dream job for four years. Quote from the grandmother. She got to be a canine officer, which which was a huge goal of hers. And then she got engaged, and they were planning their wedding and their honeymoon and their future together. She was absolutely on cloud nine. And now she lingers on life support and failing an absolute inarguable miracle will never experience that life. Now the Trump rally Saturday 
Youngstown, Ohio, Covelli Center. The speaker list is out. And the speaker list includes, of course, J.D. Vance. And Congressman Jim Jordan will be uh, speaking. No, Alan, you're pointing at me. No, I will not be speaking at the uh, at the, tr- the Trump rally. I, I presume they'll have a conservative talk show host from Cleveland or from that area speaking at the rally. What's you guys' best buds? Come on. Uh, no, we are not. We are not best buds. We are. I, I don't think the former president. I think I've torched my chances of speaking at future Trump rallies by saying that I wish he would just take his victory lap for being the president who got rid of Roe versus Wade via his appointments of Kavanaugh, Coney Barrett and Gorsuch to the court. That is an amazing legacy. That is a legacy that stands apart from every other presidential legacy in terms of protecting unborn life. If it wasn't such a big deal, then you wouldn't have all this pushback that you're seeing from the left. Now, I, I hearken to the words of Lila Rose. If it's not alive, why do you have to kill it? It's not killing a ba- it's not killing a baby. Well, then just leave it alone then. What happens? So I'm trying to find out the seating capacity at the uh, Covelli Center in Youngstown. So let's hope that on their website they will uh, disclose that information as I'm clicking around here trying to find it out for you, but it's not responding. But the other speakers... Bill Johnson, he's a congressman, 6th District. Uh, Max Miller, who's the Republican nominee for the 7th District. Uh, Seating capacity, Covelli Center. Center stage in the round is 7,000. So this is not like the Delaware County Fairgrounds where we could cram as many people in there as we wanted to. It was a beautiful spring, summer day. Uh, This is indoors. So 7,000 of you are going to get in there, and I'll bet you there'll be 7,000 of you who don't get in there. So you got to show up early. Gates open at 2. Parking lot opens at 8 a.m. <laughs> wow. Uh, Madison Gisoto Gilbert, she spoke at the Trump rally. She was very good. And J.R. Majewski now, uh, or I think it's Majeski. Uh, he's running against Marcy Captor in Cleveland. He's got no chance. And this is this is the really discouraging thing about politics. Marcy Kaptur is one of the worst Congress people of the 435 in Washington. And she will get reelected because, as Nancy Pelosi has said about AOC's district in New York, a glass of water with a D on it could get elected there. And that's 100% true of Marcy Kaptur. So J.R. Majeski uh, has no shot. But I applaud him for forcing, to whatever degree he has, Marcy Kaptur to answer to her previous incompetence. Now, there's a new poll out on J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan, Lion Ryan, and we will discuss it with Jack Windsor of the Ohio Press Network next. Jack also breaking some news on someone else who has the uh, misfortune, haha, of knowing Mike Lindell. It'll get your phone seized by the FBI. Details next. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.